Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, we are going to be talking about actionable steps to start scaling and stop merely growing your business. Wayne Mullins, founder and CEO of Ugly Mug Marketing. Wayne is a husband, father of four, founder and CEO, entrepreneur and author. He is generous soul and risk taker and out of the box against the green thinker and leader. Over the past 20 years, Wayne Mullins has scaled multiple companies and helped hundreds of entrepreneurs do the same with their businesses and companies. Wayne, I am so excited for you to be here on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited for our chat today. Awesome. First thing, Wayne, I want you to tell me and tell the Success Secret Nation what does success mean to you, either in business or life in general? And what do you think people like mistake success is? Sure. I think that uh, we live in a world now um, where success is often idolized on social media. And so mm-hmm. we see people posting on social media all these glamorous trips or these luxurious things that they purchase or they own. And so I think that oftentimes our natural tendency is to view success in that manner. In other words, it's about luxury. It's about wealth. It's about attention. And I actually believe success is something quite different. Success is the progressive realization towards what you want for yourself. In other words, you are successful when you are successfully or progressively moving towards the thing that you want to achieve. So when we strip away all the things that influence us, you know, on the world wide web and on the internet and on social media, when we, when we move past that super superficial stuff, you know, success looks different for each person. So for some people, success could be earning just a decent living in terms of money, but being free to travel the world success for someone else could mean, you know, the private jet and the fancy car. So I think we get into problems when we have one universal definition of what success is. Mm. So people as an individuals, they should embrace their own definition of success because like uh, looking at, it's okay to want more of everything, right? It's uh, to raise up your goals and standards, but you take it, like you mentioned, it's a process. You take it one step at a time. Exactly. And I think, I think success for so many, we, we believe that success is when we reach the point. So, you know, whether that is a certain amount of money in the bank, whether that is the car or the the trip or whatever it may be, we think that is success. But when we, when we take time to step away from 
all the busyness of life and we really examine it. Success is when we move towards the thing. You know, I don't know about you, but for, for me, there have been goals that I've set in my life. And when I actually achieve that goal, I didn't reach the level of success. I didn't all of a sudden get to this place where I'm like, okay, now my life is perfect. I don't have to pursue anything else. No, we then often find another goal, something else to pursue because true success is in the pursuit of something. That is where we find meaning. If everything in our lives was just easy all the time, we would get bored. Our lives wouldn't be very meaningful. So that struggle, that gap between where we are today and where we want to be, I believe that is where success lies. Mm, definitely true. So as the founder and CEO of Ugly Mug Marketing, which is a pretty cool name, really, actually, I love the name. So now we are going to be talking about business scaling. But first of all, in general, in your own business, when you started Ugly Mug Marketing, what were, let's say, the foundations for you to reach a place of success for the business and a place of scaling the business. Sure. Yep. So my, my journey is a little different um, in that I had another business before this that I successfully sold and exited. And as a result of doing that, when I decided to start this business full time, I came in with a lot of ego and a lot of pride because mm -hmm. I'd already grown a successful business before. I'd already exited that business. And, you know, at the time I was 25 years old when I sold the previous company. So I was, I was really young and yeah. I came into this business thinking that I, I knew it all and I didn't. And I had to learn so many lessons the hard way. And what I believe to be true for so many is that oftentimes we have to get out of our own way. We have to remove our ego. We have to be willing to seek advice and not opinion. There's a difference and we can dive into that. But we have to seek true advice from people who are willing to tell us the truth. Mm -hmm. And it's only when we're humble enough to do that, that we can ever hope to reach the point of scaling our business. Yeah, that, that's very important because like you mentioned, the difference between advice or just someone saying some, some something on YouTube or whatever it is, there is a huge differentiation between the, for example, the story of the business and the circumstances around surrounding that certain business and certain individual and the actual advice that could turn things around for you and speed up things in the business, right? Yeah, 100%. And what I think so dangerous is in the early days of business, all of your friends, all of your family, they want to see you succeed. And so they want to give you their opinion, right? So if you have a question about, you know, do I hire somebody? Do I not hire somebody? Do I invest in a building? Do I not invest in a building? Do I X, Y, or Z, whatever it may be, all of your friends, all of your family are going to have an opinion about what you should do. These people love you. They want to see the best for you. But here's the problem. Very few of those people are actually entitled to give you sound advice. So what I've learned over the years is that sound advice comes from one of three people. It's someone who's been there and done that. In other words, they've been in the situation that I've been in and they've achieved the success or overcome the obstacle that I'm attempting to overcome. Number two, they witnessed it firsthand. That would be the second type of person. So it may not have been the CEO of the company, but maybe it was the CFO or the operations manager who saw the situation unfold and they can share advice based on that. And then the third one would just simply be a world-class expert. In other words, someone who spent years studying this particular you know, opportunity or obstacle that you're trying to overcome. So mm -hmm. I think we just have to be careful about confusing the difference between advice and opinion.
Mm, that's very important. Like taking uh, advice from an expert is uh, different from taking uh, an opinion from a rookie, I guess. <laughs> the, 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 it, it will lead to do completely different results uh, my, uh, quickly. So now, are you a big fan of side hustles? Because a lot of people talk about side hustles. Do you, and do you think there is a difference between a side hustle and the business? Because a side hustle could turn into a business someday, right? Yeah. So here's my here's my answer to that. If you are working in a corporate role, in other words, you're not your own boss. I believe in side hustles. If you have a business that you operate, that you own, that you run, I do not believe in side hustles because they're a distraction from the main thing. If you want to ever scale your business, you have to keep the main thing the main thing. Now, mm. once your business is in a good state of scale, in other words, your time is no longer required in the business. You can then look at side hustles. You can then look at creating extra things on the side. But until you get to that place, side hustles are so dangerous for entrepreneurs because they pull our attention off of the main thing. Yeah, because like eventually we are human beings like focusing on doing too many things at once, doing certain uh, business or a side hustle and going to the next shiny object. I guess this is a, a big problem a lot of, business entrepreneurs in general i assume have like going to an, the next shiny object is a bad thing not necessarily a good thing because eventually every business could succeed but you have to put the effort into it like it does not take a week or a month to to succeed it takes time to succeed and also based on the definition of success like how how much money did you want to make a month or a year so a lot of things and elements involved in that yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that, you know, one of the things you just mentioned is is the word patience. Often as entrepreneurs, we're so busy looking for the next thing, the next big idea that we don't have enough patience to see our current venture through. I can tell you that for me, I'm very wired entrepreneurially. I love the next shiny object, the next big idea. But as you scale your company, you will become your own worst enemy if you don't learn to temper that desire to jump to the next big thing. So part of that in learning for us as entrepreneurs to truly get to scale, we have to learn to temper our own natural tendencies to always jump to the next thing. Mm, yeah, exactly. So now let's, let's put this picture out for people that uh, hear us. So you have a business, you are in a certain level of, uh, let's say growth or growth. Okay. And you want to grow that business even more or scale it so is there a difference between scaling and growth in your own opinion or advice? yeah there's a absolutely there's a big difference and right now scale is the bud buzzword right it's what everyone's talking about it's on the magazines it's all all the quote unquote and i use this term loosely gurus are talking about you know you've got to scale your company and what I would say is this, that the difference between scale and growth just at a very high level is this, that if you are growing your company, as the company gets bigger and bigger, there is more demand for your time. If you are truly scaling your company, as the company continues to scale, you actually become freer as the leader of the company. And so how you set up and how you actually make that happen are two different things. I know that often in American culture, particularly, there's all this talk about you've got to hustle your way to scale. Mm -hmm. And what I can tell you is, yes, there has to be a lot of hustle. We have to put in the hours. We have to be patient with ourselves and do the work. But the, the flip side of that is, 
you cannot hustle your way to scale. You have to have the right systems, the right processes, and the right people in place in order to achieve scale. Because you can grow to a certain level by hustling, but you're never going to scale by hustling. Mm-hmm. That's a very important distinction. Like you are talking here about about growth. That basically the founder is still involved in the day to day operation of the business, which is scaling. Like you are away from it. You are like basically overseeing things, and other people operate to scale that business, which is something that is basically a lot of us. When you when you start a business, this is what you want to do. Like you wanna step a little bit away from day-to-day tasks and have certain people do these things for you, especially on a daily basis. Yeah, and that's very important. So like now, what are the steps, let's say, for scaling a business? Is there like some kind of a one, two, three uh, model that you can go through to let people know that they are ready now to scale the business and go through these steps? Sure. So let me give you a bit of context. So number one, I've scaled a previous company and sold that company. And I would say that we're in the process of scale right now. So this, the company I currently have, Ugly Mug Marketing, we are in the process of scale because as we continue to grow, add more people, add more revenue, there's actually less demand for my time. In other words, I had people and processes taking care of things. But the other thing that makes my perspective very, very unique is this. Because we're a marketing agency, we get brought in by clients from around the world to help them grow or scale. And so we're able to see things that other people can't see. In other words, we have like a backstage pass, if you will, behind the scenes in these businesses. And so I have witnessed firsthand in over a hundred industries, the difference between people who struggle to grow their business and those who actually make it to scale. You know, one of our clients right now, when we started working with them about six years ago, they were right at $50 million in annual revenue, US dollars. Fast forward to today, they are doing just over 500 million So in a matter of six years from just under 50 to just over 500 million, and they've done that through scale, not through growth. And so that's an example of one client that I've been able to witness. Now, here's what I've observed. And so I don't believe there's a one size fits all. But what I do believe is that every single business that's going to scale is going to go through these five stages. So stage number one is what I call the me stage. This is the very early days where you're learning to trust yourself as an entrepreneur. You're learning to trust your decision-making ability. You're learning to trust that you can be successful in the endeavor that you're in. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have employees in the me stage. It just means the primary focus is getting you right as the leader. The next stage that you go into is the we stage. This is when you begin removing Um, authority and removing all the flow from going straight through you to other people in the organization. In other words, you have people in place who you trust to own certain aspects of the business. So stage one is me. Stage two is we. Stage three is they. This is all about systems and processes. So as you scale your company, you're going to reach a threshold where you have to have systems and processes in place. So onboarding new employees, um, marketing systems, hiring systems, payroll system. I mean, there's a lot of systems you have to have. And so when you're at that stage in your growth, there's a lot of focus on the systems and processes. I call that the they stage. 
And we can come back and dive into each one. But at the day stage, this is typically the stage that drives the founding CEO crazy and they want to leave because they hate systems and processes. But if they make it through that stage, the next stage is what I call the machine. And this is where you're getting the people and the systems and processes all integrated together and working smoothly. Now, the final stage, the fifth stage, is what I would call creative destruction. This is where you have to learn to destroy the systems and processes that once served you very well and now no longer serve you based on the scale that you're at, based on the size of your organization. And the same is true for people in this stage. So some of the people that were very instrumental in helping you get to that level are now you've moved beyond their skills and abilities right? So you may have to get rid of certain people who helped you get to this level, or you may have to bring in people who are now above them in terms of, if you think of traditional business hierarchy, they may now have to report to someone else that you brought in. Um, because again, if we're not careful, our systems and processes or our people will at that stage become the threshold or the lid to our scale. Mm, that's the that's a great level up to things like things change with time certain people or employees that made the company reach that level they are might not able to handle it anymore that where new people might come in also changing to systems and automations this is a very important thing to scale a business because yes people do that and work on systems but you cannot go big and support a large number of clients with whatever the business is type without systems. So like, but what is the most critical stage of these five that can yeah, I would say, kind of flip things around and not make it a success, let's see. So every entrepreneur is wired a little bit different. And so I see people trip up at various stages. So for some, they as entrepreneurs, they cannot move successfully from the me to the we stage. In other words, they may have a team. You may have a bunch of people on your team, but if every decision flows through you, if you are constantly frustrated by your team and their, their ability to make decisions or their ability to execute or their ability to handle problems, if you can't go on a vacation and not worry about your business, you have not made it beyond the me stage. To move into the we stage, again, it's about trusting your people and having the right people in place. It's, it's the old, you know, good to great adage of the right people on the bus and the right people in the right seats on the bus. But the, the biggest mistake I think that I see people make is what happens is we look around and maybe we see a guru or we see another successful company and we see what they're doing. And so we say, we're going to do that same thing. And one of two things happens. Number one, we are copying the actions of that person or that organization instead of the actual asset. In other words, what is the asset that they're building or, or nurturing in that instance? And the other thing is that they'll take a strategy that works really well. So let's just say I look at, at another company that's 10 times bigger than us, and I see that they're really doing this one thing really well. If I try to copy what they're doing and put it in place in my business, it's not going to work. It's good advice applied at the wrong time is still bad advice yeah exactly because your your business is basically even if you operate in the same let's say niche or something like that it could be different situations different circumstances to your business and the exact spot or stage that you are actually working on you might apply certain things that are not 
not applicable in your business right now. So the things might like derail sideways, right? 100%. And I see it all the time. I mean, it's it's so prevalent. At any of those stages, I see that taking place. What are, let's say, options for any business in general to actually scale? Like, is it physically, let's say, do that? Is it by doing ads, in your uh, opinion? Uh, what tools or resources they can use to scale a business? I, th- I think it's important that you have the functional pieces, right? In other words, you could start you could start attracting a lot more clients and getting a lot more people coming in and flowing into your business. Um, but if you aren't set up correctly, you're going to implode. In other words, it's not going to end well for you. So I love teaching people and walking people through this very simple little quadrant or this matrix. And so on one axis, you have alignment. So you have alignment up and down. And then on the other axis, you have autonomy. In other words, giving people autonomy. So if you have an organization that is highly aligned, now question is, what are you aligned around? You're aligned around your vision, your values, your mission. In other words, why does your organization exist? What are the values that tell you which way to go? What are the expectations that you have for your team members? You have to ensure that everyone is aligned around these things. Mm. But if you have an organization that is solely highly aligned, but you don't give your people autonomy, what you have a bunch of robots working for you. In other words, they're doing exactly what you tell them to do. They may be aligned around the vision and mission, but they're not executing on that because you've Mm. given them no autonomy. Now, on the other hand, if you give your people autonomy, in other words, you give them the freedom to use their gifts, their abilities, but you don't have them aligned around your vision, your mission, your values, then what you're going to have is complete chaos because everyone's going to be doing what they think is best and there's no alignment around that. So if you're going to scale, you have to successfully balance alignment and autonomy, knowing when to give more autonomy and knowing when to pull back on the autonomy and give more alignment around the vision, the mission, and all those things. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, because like having a certain type of culture in the business is very important, I assume, because you don't, and at the same time, you want people to share their ideas, like if they are only, like you mentioned, they are robots and they are applying what my founder or CEO says, these ideas could be buried and these ideas a lot of like the big companies we know like google and other a lot of their products came from employees so this is uh, should be a free space of course to support the business and enhance the business in multiple ways it should not be like uh, this is my word and that's it for the owner because you already brought people in to help you with the business so you they should be able to work within the business yeah. And I see this all the time, Hussein. I see where where entrepreneurs are constantly complaining about their team, right? Mm. That the team doesn't want to work. They don't want to show up. They don't take initiative. And here's the thing. It's your responsibility as the CEO, as the founder, as the entrepreneur to make sure you have the right people. And I would say nine times out of 10, you probably have the right people, but the reality is you have not trained them correctly. One of the biggest mistakes I see so many make is that Instead, when, it, when when a team member comes to you with a question or a problem, it's much easier to give them an answer. In other words, say, oh, go do this or that, or here's the exact answer you're looking for. It's much more difficult when they come to you to ask them a question. In other words, someone comes to me with a problem and says, hey, we've got a client that's upset about X, Y, or Z. What should we do about this? It'd be very easy for me just to say, oh, 
go do A, B, C, and we're, they'll be happy. Instead, we must learn to ask our team members, what do you think we should do in this mm. situation? Now, again, this takes patience, like you talked about at the very beginning. This requires patience on our part. It requires us to slow down. It requires us to invest in a moment of education for that team member. I used to put a sticky note on my computer, and it said, ask, don't answer. Because I had a bad habit of when somebody came to me with a problem or question, I would just immediately give them the answer. But in doing that, what am I doing? I'm training them that Wayne knows the answer to everything. So when there's a problem or when we have a question, we go to Wayne. And over time, when you continually repeat the question or, or turn the question back on them, what they learn is Wayne's not going to give me the answer. So I better figure this out on my own. I better come up with a solution on my own. And that's why those having your vision laid out in detail, having your mission clearly articulated and your core values. That's why that is so important. I know that oftentimes, and, and this was me for years, I did not want to invest the time and energy in doing you know, the vision, mission, value stuff because it felt like such a waste of time. Like there's more important things to do. But if you're going to scale, you have to be aligned around those things. Yeah, that's very important because you want people to come up with ideas. Why? Because they would feel this is kind of their company and they want to help out. They want to help scale it and be a bigger company with time. Like if certain people have certain ideas uh, and for example, not sharing it because they think that might be rejected for some reason, whatever it is, because if the owner thinks he knows better all the time or whatever it is, with time, they won't care about the business itself. How it, How is it doing, whether it succeeds or fails? So it's important to embed all the people that are involved in the same, let's say, umbrella of things from each department, right? That's very important because what I see me personally, like, a lot of businesses, like, for example, you have, for example, the operations, you have the sales, you have the marketing, you have different divisions or sections of the business. These departments are not working a lot of times together. Or there, if there is some kind of a mistake, they blame it on that certain division or uh, department, which is not the case should be if you want to really hone in into the business and uh, build authenticity in the business and build scalability into the business. Yep. Um, complete agreement with you. And again, it goes back to what you said at the very beginning, Hussein, which is it requires patience, mm -hmm. right? In order to scale, it's very counterintuitive. In order to scale, you have to slow down sometimes. You have to step back and you have to be willing to make those intentional investments, just like you were saying. So uh, when do you think that you can add something to this because we are coming to the end of the episode here. That is very important that people should do or focus on in regards to scaling their businesses. Yeah, I would I would jump into this first thing. I would say this, that the most difficult person that any entrepreneur is going to ever have to lead is the person who looks back at you in the mirror every morning. So every single morning when I get up and I look in the mirror, that person is the most difficult person that I'm going to have to lead that day. And so until we learn to lead ourselves well, don't expect to lead others well, mm -hmm. right? We have to learn to lead ourselves well. And one of the things that that's a huge pet peeve of mine is that we, and this is human nature, we judge others based on their actions, but we judge ourselves based on our intentions. 
right? So I intended to go work out this morning, but I couldn't because X, Y, or Z. Therefore, it's not that big of a deal because something came up or you know what I mean? But if you say, I'm going to work out today and you don't go work out, for me to judge you, it's easy because you didn't go work out. So therefore you didn't keep your word. And I'm sharing that analogy to say, it takes place in our businesses every single day, right? As a leader, as a manager, as someone who's trying to get your company to scale, you have to learn to judge people based on their intentions, just like you judge yourself. In other words, you've got to learn to give other people grace for where they are and who they are. And the same thing goes for ourselves. Yeah, that's uh, very important. Because uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's about opening up. In order to scale a business, you have to be an open person. Allow people to thrive in that situations because a lot of the business success and scaling and growing with the business basically will come from the people who are, you You choose that where the right people to do that. And the right, not the right people, the wrong people, they, I don't know, but <laughs> they should, uh, if not aligned, not be there, I guess, anymore. So you have to find people are in alignment with the business and the company visions and missions. So what do you think certain resources or tools that are important into doing this or books maybe for, for entrepreneurs? Yeah, I would say that number one, as an entrepreneur, you should constantly be in an environment where someone has the authority and the ability to challenge you. If someone isn't challenging you and your ego from time to time, if your feelings don't get hurt from time to time, then chances are you don't have, you have a bunch of yes people around you. In other words, they're just saying yes to everything that you do. You need to in create a, an environment of safety where people even on your team can challenge you. Um, so books around this, there's so many great books out there. I'm an avid, avid reader. One that I really enjoy is called Straight Line Leadership. Highly recommend that book. Another book is called Double Double. And that is by Cameron Harold. Both of those books are very great for entrepreneurs who want to actually scale their businesses. Mm, awesome. So, Wayne, thank you for being here today with me in this episode. A lot of things that we talked about, and could we could also kind of go deeper about these things. It's a big subject, and it's important to everyone when they start a business and thinking about scaling that business. Where can people learn more about you and get in touch with you and your uh, company? The simplest place is just our website, and that's just uglymugmarketing.com. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, Wayne, thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you so much for the time.